He always seems to get involved, doesn't he? I'm telling you, too many coconuts have hit him right on top of the skull. Well, I think uh, Anthony will be a great acquisition. He can do it all. Avery, whose show is this? Look, just raw numbers. Like if I, if if the Lakers went out and and signed me to a supermax contract, like you, they would be spending a lot. They would be spending enough to be competitive, but it would be bad spending. <laughs> so like the, the the Brooklyn Nets, like yeah, they they pay they they paid quite a bit for the roster that they had, but you know part of that was spending money on a part time Kyrie Irving and and an overweight James Harden. So like that's if you spend money, you got to spend smart. You got to spend smart. Right, but let's yeah, but right, but like. I don't know. I think I think some of it kind of misses the point because Andrew Wiggins was like seen as maybe the worst contract in basketball for a while. And yeah. he won in the game yesterday and has been damn good all playoffs and especially in the finals. So I don't I don't yeah, I don't even I don't understand I guess my point is I don't understand why it is a point to deride. Like, I don't, I don't even know where he's coming. I don't know. It's just weird to me. I don't get it. No, it's, it's not, it shouldn't be derision. It should be celebration like that. (laughs) We we should be, there should be more owners. Like we should all be demanding of the owners of teams or governors of teams that we root for. Yeah. That's the commitment that it took to win a championship this year. That's the kind of commitment we demand from, from the owner. That's the, that's to be fair though, to be fair, the Bucks were either not in the tax or maybe like a few dollars in the tax last year. The Lakers were not the year before. Toronto was barely. So there are like the last three champions were not really tax teams. So I think it is more about smart spending in team building rather than just open up the, you know, open up the pockets, right? Like, but like the, the Clippers the, haven't won anything. Bomber's the richest dude in the league. He'll spend whatever. They haven't won anything. Well, yeah, they're the Clippers. But like the... The, the the thing that the, the thing that the thing that you need to the like you talk about smart spending and and the like for me M- the Milwaukee Bucks right they they were either at or barely above the tax spot they had PJ Tucker it would have cost more to bring PJ Tucker back they chose not to and it stung them the Lakers were at or below the the luxury tax spot when they won a championship it would have cost money to bring Alex Caruso back they chose not to and. It was a major that 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 decision backfired in a huge way, and and in both of those cases, letting guys go that you know were in the trenches with you as you won a championship, like guys that you know can play in that environment, and letting them go during a title window, fans should be Milwaukee Bucks fans should be livid. Lakers fans, I know I as a Lakers fan have been livid about the, that decision, and and I think uh, I, I think for for Warriors fans. Uh, you know, as as much as I like to tease Lakeb for running his uh, victory laps before the finals even started, his sports—not uh, even sports—his uh, media and entertainment company—they don't even call themselves a basketball team. <laughs> not even a basketball team. Yeah, yeah. Like as much as I like to mock the dude for saying a bunch of really dumb and weird stuff all the time, he did. You know, keep what he thought was a championship core intact, and now they're going to go out and win a championship. Now it's going to be interesting to see. Do they extend Wiggins? Do they move him and see if Kaminga can step into the Wiggins role? I, yeah. If they win the title, you have to. You have no choice. You have to. Yeah. 
All right, Chubb, I've seen you there for, for a little bit here. Which would you rather touch on, LeBron uh, and, and his staring contest with the Lakers? Do you want to talk about how devastating it's been to watch your Celtics struggle the way that they have? Um, w- w- which which topic would you like to hit on here? Yeah, um, I, I kind of wanted to talk on the long-term money point that you guys were uh-huh. discussing. Uh, appreciate you bringing me on, Anthony, Aaron. Uh, Anytime. Uh, but yeah, of course, I brother. Think, I think um, – historically i think fans need to a refresher and we all know this um and it's no shock that you know the lakers have no hesitancy about taking long-term money when we our franchise is historic for taking home run plays right look throughout our trades look throughout free agencies they have either worked or or worked horribly you know in a sense so dating back to when we you know uh, signed Shaq, right and then move on over to Pau gasol and then Chris Paul happened and then Dwight Howard happened, right? We lived through all of those uh, mistakes and all Steve those Steve Nash. Steve Nash, exactly. So we lived through all those successes and those failures uh, come hell or high water. And so when you make these home run plays, you know, like we did last offseason, you know, there's always going to be another sense of risk. There's no there's no perfect option how to remedy th- this, you know, option that we have. And so when people are having gripes about taking back long-term money, this guy's injured, you know, three more years on the books, we want flexibility. Well, this is what comes with, you know, making the home run play in, in the first place. And it didn't work. And this is frankly how our organization works. Is it ideal? Does if every Laker fan was a GM, would they want to make the home run play or would they want to run it like the San Antonio where it's, you know, little by little in a sense, maybe, maybe not, but this is, this is how the way things go historically. And this is how, you know, we pledge our allegiance to how this is run. So when it comes to the case of a, a three year additional deal of a Gordon Hayward or a two year Terry Rozier deal, you know, you look at that and you take it for what it is. Now, like, like Anthony, I think we're aligned on this about having multiple assets you know, to then uh, be flexible when it comes to the roster next season, that's more attractive to me rather than the money because they have an opportunity to prove their long-term worth with value on the burn. And, you know, with, with styles, we haven't even gone into that. The basketball fit, you know, hopefully those those play styles won't be, you know, as erratic, you know, to be then put in combination with LeBron and AD. So that's just the viewpoint that I look at it. Yeah, I, I think I think on top of the points that you make, and they're well made and, and they're good points, but I also think that so right now the Lakers have the one big expiring contract, right? That the reason that a team like Charlotte would take it on is to kind of reset their books and, and all of those things. If you move Russ for Hayward and Rogier or Hayward and whatever other pieces that it takes to match uh, Russell's number that now becomes over the course of their contracts. Like the, we aren't looking at it. I remember, remember, man, I, I forget when the last deal like this happened, but I remember back in the day, you'd have like six or seven year deals in the NBA. And, and you'd have like, I think Luke Walton signed some like seven year, $35 million contract. I think. Shaq signed for seven year, one twenty when he, when yeah. He Lakers, yeah. And so like back, you know, if, if we were looking at deals that length, and and they're extending into your books for that far out in advance. I could understand, you know, saying that really ties you up in ways that make you nervous. I, I get that, but if you're if you're trading for a guy who has two years left on his contract or three years left on his contract at a fairly reasonable like twelve or fifteen million dollar number, then either that becomes you know, money that you can use to, to add up to a larger contract. It gives you the flexibility there or eventually becomes a really, really valuable, you know, 12 or $15, 
expiring contract that is an, uh, an asset unto itself. Whereas it's really difficult. And this is why, you know, beyond the basketball reasons, and we can get into those if we want, but this is why I've always kind of preferred the two stars and the surrounding role players method over the three stars method. It's because if the three star method doesn't work, you have very little flexibility here to make it work afterward. And that, that's the, that's where the Lakers find themselves. Well, right. I think, I think there's a couple things here. Um, one is to agree with you, but there, well, look, there's no, there's no one way to do this. There's no right way. What's the old phrase to skin a cat or something. There's Absolutely. multiple ways to skin the cat. So I've never understood that thing. Like I don't, what I don't do people either. have against? Like, you know what? My, my guess is that like, my guess is that comes from like the 1600 somewhere like br- some British something. That's my Free guess. Pita, that's for damn sure. Like, yeah, you ain't, you ain't lying. <laughs> uh, but there are multiple ways to skin, right? You yeah. can't, I just think that you can overwhelm teams with talent. If you have three max level guys, you better be right. You have to right. be, you better be right in fit and you better be right in getting max level production from them. If you, if you have three max level guys that all produce like max level guys and they fit together, then I, that might be the most powerful that, you know, in some ways, like you're just not going to lose that. However, if you do that, that is going to your the your depth is going to be destroyed. You're going to have to turn the roster over every year because you're going to fill out the roster with minimum guys that are one year deals. So you better be right. If you have three max level guys, they better play like max level guys. They better fit together well, and you better be right. The other thing though is as it relates to contracts that have been signed already, right, and taking on long term money. It is going to be far less painful for uh, for deals that have already been signed. Going into the future, it is going to be far less painful because it is going to be a smaller percentage of the salary cap. The salary cap is going up next year already. We've already seen that it's going up next year. And right. it is going to continue to rise, especially because there is a new TV, TV deal, deal coming. Mm-hmm. So for contracts that are currently on the books, it is going to be much less painful to carry those going forward. I also think too, like the other thing here, so like what makes the Warriors uh, so unique in their ability to to remain at the level that they've been now for as long as they've been is they drafted Draymond, they drafted Clay, they drafted Steph, so they didn't have to use additional capital to bring those guys in. So like the Lakers when they traded for AD, they traded a bunch of draft picks that could have also um, further solidified the roster around those guys. And they would, because they're draft picks, they would have bird rights on those guys. And that's why the, the, the Warriors roster is expensive as it is because they're bringing in first round talent and they're having to pay to keep the first round talent while they continue to build on, on the peripheries of the roster. And I, like they, they also benefited. And the guy that they grabbed, KD, when there was the cap spike, so they yeah. had the room to sign KD, they didn't let him walk for nothing. Right. And it, was, it was a decision that was yeah. talked bad about. And they gave up a draft pick and brought in D'Angelo Russell, and they got hard capped for a year. They had to get rid of uh, of Iggy, and gave up a draft pick to get off of Iggy's money to to Memphis. But they said we want to keep this salary spot. It wasn't about D'Angelo Russell. I think they knew they were going to move D'Angelo Russell. It wasn't about him, and they didn't at the time. They didn't. Uh, they thought they got a great deal, but at the time, again, Andrew Wiggins was the immovable contract in the NBA. It goes to show you every contract is movable, and it also goes to show you that environment matters. But they decided we may not be a championship-level 
team at this point, especially because Clay was hurt then. But we need to keep that salary spot available to us. And, and just for everyone's uh, reference, Gordon Hayward does have two years left and Terry Rozier has four years left. I don't think personally, like while we refer to this uh, as an option, I don't think it's the best option. I think there's other ones out there, just to be clear. Um, but this this is just an example of, you know, less, you know, dangerous money that you're taking back in a sense, right? And, you know, people talk about, you know, well, why don't we just keep, you know, Russ and, and just, uh, you, you know, have that flexibility for ourselves to see what we can do with the, that $47 million. Well, you're essentially saying you're punting on a season with LeBron James. And that ties into the point you guys were talking about earlier, where it's like, you know, what's LeBron going to do with this, you know, staring contest or whatever the case may be. I'm totally fine with what he's doing. I honestly, you know, he, he's earned the right to be longstanding, you know, have a staring contest, whatever it is. You know, he's if he wants an extension, he'll want it. And if he wants to eventually get out, we have pieces we can focus on and laser focus on if he leaves. And what people aren't focusing on, too, is that LeBron also provides cap relief as well if he leaves in free agency as well. So that opens up our books uh, 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 with that as well. So um, I think that everyone has their everyone's so quick to point to the cons about what our options are. And people need to realize that when you're in this dire situation, the options aren't always pretty, but you need to take one. You need to take one so you can act on it quick. And with our championship expectation and pressure that we have year in and year out, we don't have time to convince ourselves out of something just because the cons aren't pretty and it's not, we're not, we're not coming off a clean slate. So I, I just, I, I just noticed that. Well, if, if, the cons, if the cons were easy, if the cons were, were, were pretty, then it would have been done already. Like it was like you, you, Getting out of this situation is not going to be painless, right? When you put a Band-Aid over, over some kind of a cut, you know that you're going to pull some hairs out when you pull the Band-Aid off. It's going to suck. Um, but, but like, you still – you can't just walk around with a Band-Aid on for the rest of your life. And Shub, how are you feeling about your Celtics? Too, is like, oh, man, you know. <laughs> I see I Fresh, the, fresh the ain't banner, even in here. The... Fresh ain't even – they got – Yeah, this is, yeah, this is wild business here. right here. Shub, Shub, how you feeling about Listen, your Celtics, brother? You still confident? Listen, listen, I put my green shirts in the washer and, and in the dryer right now. You know, I'm re- revving out for game six. No, I'm just playing, but it, it's over. I'm not even well, looking anymore. Whichever, whichever ones you wore for uh, games Thursday. four and five, you should probably switch it up. <laughs> Aaron, nah, that Aaron, series is over. Aaron Shub, Aaron Shub, they should have followed my lead. You got out of wish for the uh, Celtics loss. While Curry also stinks it up, which we right. got last night, then you right. can put both agendas simultaneously. Exactly. <laughs> I already, I, grew, I already have the Andrew Wiggins Finals MVP thread on the works right now. So, unfortunately, you know unfortunately, that was that ship had sailed after Game Four. Right. 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 <laughs> yeah. Sadly, sadly. I don't. I don't know who said it, but saying that the series is over. If you guys, uh, Raj and Sabrina did this earlier on their podcast uh, for for I Love Basketball. They were acting as if this series is over too if you guys jinx this thing and turn the celtic season around i will never ever ever get over it i will i will i will never ever ever be okay with with you guys from from that point on power is prevalent you know every every laker season you gotta shove you're going you're going back home for game six what you doing you gotta Listen, listen, Southwest Airlines got a promotion, you know, uh, you, you know, <laughs> they love, they love me over there. So, you know, what do you got the itinerary set? Got to rep the boys. Got to rep the boys. All right. 
Which jer- which jersey which jersey you wearing? You got your Antoine Walker jersey. What are you doing, Paul Pierce? What are you yeah, doing? I was gonna say, yeah, I got to I got to rep. <laughs> I want to kind of troll Celtics fans. I'll I'll rep the the brightest green Ray Allen jersey I can find. You know, I feel like feel like Rondo is not very popular back there either. So really, yeah, I don't, I, from that's, from that's from what I've mean. from you know I have a few friends who are who are Celtics fans and they um they aren't particularly high on although nobody is really high did you on did you put did you put air quotes up when you said friends that are Celtics fans hey man it, you know I, <laughs> I I can't I can't stop they, they only like the white side of you accent. right they don't like the Mexican side yeah. they only like the white right. side of you yeah hey, yo <laughs> just 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 hot dogs hamburgers if I ever bring up Kanye out they're like who who are you. Who's, who's you know person? what? I'm surprised. I'm surprised when we won a championship a couple years ago, the Gen Xers didn't, you know, go up in arms for Rondo wearing our colors and holding that trophy. You know? <laughs> he maybe it was a he can't a stand the Celtics. From from what I've from what I've heard and stuff, he he hates the Celtics about as much as as I do. Um, Rondo, so not much has changed with uh, Tatum these days, then. <laughs> no. um, I mean, what do you expect? He's still 19. What do you expect? <laughs> is Aaron is. Do do you like with your adopted Warriors team? Right. Yep. The team um, of my youth. Yeah. The, right. the, yeah. The, the team that the team that you yeah. you know that we forced you to root for over the, the team, team of my youth and yeah. the team that I took on uh-huh. heroically. Uh, hero- yeah. Silver just, screen and roll. Just incredible effort. Yeah. yeah maximum yeah. effort from Daredevil Aaron over here. And yep. uh-huh. um, so I, I, is. Is the is the Lakers making some kind of a Hayward Rosier move? Does that bring them? Because I don't. I thought the Warriors were. I would be more impressed by the Warriors over the course of these finals and 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 these playoffs. But I walk away from it thinking, you know what? I actually think they're gettable next year. I actually think the Lakers have a chance at getting back into that conversation. I I didn't feel that way heading into the playoffs, probably because the season has just ended and the season was as miserable as it was. But I. I walk away from it. Maybe this is a home run me talking, but I, I feel like some of this stuff is 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 attainable. I don't. So I'm not going to talk about that trade specifically, but I well, just I don't, a trade like yeah, moving yeah, I Russ I, for a wing or two and a and a, and a, and I, I, a replacement. I even, I think even putting Russ aside for a second. Yeah. Um, I think what we are seeing. I think I think that the, the Warriors and the Celtics are the two best teams in the NBA. But what I think you can take away from this is the Lakers are not as far off as it appears. Yeah. The Laker, though, excuse me, the Warriors and Celtics, both, I think the Warriors won three games and the Celtics won 52. The Celtics started the year. I have a tweet out there floating around that the Warriors need to win this series because I have, a, I have a, a tweet floating around there that has like a thousand Celtics fans on my head about, I said the Celtics are broken and I don't hate it. Right. The Celtics were like 19 and 21 at, at one point during. Yeah. yeah. And it was the great, war- man. I like it. it it's as bad as the Lakers season was this year for a little bit. I was like, well, at least the Celtics suck too. And then, and then that changed. And the Warriors won 53 games. The Celtics won 50, I think. So I think there is, we got very used to whether it was my uh, LeBron's Miami teams or basically the Warriors since then, of these teams like where we just think nobody has a chance. I think there are, I don't want to say a dozen teams, but going into next year, I think there are plenty of teams that have a chance. And I said this on either in this spaces last week or the week before, maybe it was on, on the hook on Fridays, that I don't think it should be seen as Oh, the mountain seems so tall. We got the the Warriors, uh, excuse me, the Lakers have to get to the Warriors or the Celtics level. 
I think it is all right. The 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 Warriors were a three seed. Uh, Dallas was a four seed and beat and beat Phoenix, who won sixty whatever games. I think the uh, I, I think the Lakers. The plan and the hope is that you do enough this offseason to give LeBron and AD a chance in the playoffs. Because I, what I can promise you is there is no team in the NBA that wants to go against those two dudes in a seven-game series. Yeah, so especially I, I think if Russ isn't there with them. And, and that's what we keep hanging our hat on, and, and rightfully so, because I think against but, the Warriors, oh, By the way, if they're hurt, none of it matters anyway, right? Right, like, yeah. So I, I don't think – I think incremental improvement – Enough to get you out of the plan. I think I think that should be the goal right now. This offseason should be focused on getting the Lakers to a place where they are not in the plan next year. And then you take your chances, right? Like New Orleans, New Orleans could have beaten Phoenix. Like this happens all the doesn't all the time. But I think there is more parity in the NBA now than there has been in a long, long time. So it seems like the, the mountain seems too tall when you say, oh, God, look at these teams. We can't. What do we have to do to get there? I don't think that should be the focus. The focus should be giving LeBron and AD a chance in a seven-game series. I think yeah. that – oh, go ahead, Anthony. Well, I was just going to say that, like, I want to be clear here because I, I know that, you know, every time I tweet about Russ, my mentions are just an absolute tire fire for, like, a week. But, but you, you, you upset. <laughs> but, like, I, I do want to be clear – that like when I when I say things about Russ the basketball player I'm not I'm not like the biggest Russ the basketball player fan that there is but Russ the contract makes it impossible to build around LeBron and AD when you have that much of your of your cap um, allotted to somebody who is as unpredictable as Russ is and that means that you now are hoping to fill out the rest of your roster with vet men guys and and like a second round draft pick that the Lakers are hoping to to, to get this year and a a kind of small exception that might be used to potentially bring back Malik Monk like it's just that's not the way that a championship roster is kind of put together so when you move Russ and you get off of that contract and you and you further your flexibility in the short term even if it hurts you in the long term that gives you a shot in the way that Aaron is talking about that gives you a chance at being flexible enough to get more playable players on your roster than you had last year. That should be the intent here. It has, it has less to do with Russ, the basketball player, than than people seem to realize. I, I also, think, the, oh, go ahead, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, brother. Oh no, yeah, I was gonna say, Anthony, you you say something that like is so complex. It's you're entering the the mirror dimension of of Twitter understanding, if you will, where one can believe on one end, it's not completely Russ's fault on how this season was a failure exclusively. No. But also at the same time, he is the guy that uh, is the chip that needs to be flipped if we want to win the championship. You know, and, and people think you can't say one without saying the other. And and both things are, are tr- you know, are true, unfortunately. Um, that yeah. The quickest path there is, as you mentioned, uh, bringing in multiple guys that, you know, add up to that $47 million. Um, You know, and, and it just remains to be seen if, if we can uh, flip something that has a higher ceiling. Um, you know, hopefully so. I just I think it's such an important point. I, the basketball has been really high level basketball in the finals, right? But like the Celtics are not any good offensively. They're damn good defensively. I, they are they are an all time historic. I don't know, but they are an all time defense. Where they are in that, fine. The Warriors are really really good defensively and are okay offensively. They're better than the Celtics. They just have maybe still the best offensive player 
Steph is the best offensive player in the history of planet Earth. Is he that guy right now? No, but he's still the best offensive player in the NBA. But these are not like dominant, wonderful, great teams. Yeah. I, I, like, I don't, I don't think the mountain is as high as people think it is. The Celtics were punching them in the mouth in the paint, um, and then they kind of went away from it and went back to uh, seeing it until just waiting until the jumpers heat up, which they did. And I know they've been kind of living by that all season, but uh, you know the Lakers strike me as a team that could kind of take advantage of that long term, kind of punching them in the mouth, punching them in the middle, um, and and getting some easy buckets on that team. Uh, and I think the Celtics went away from that when it was the working. one. The one that is scary though is the Clippers. I, who knows if Kawhi That's ever played forty say. games in a season? That is, I think the Clippers are, and I think I think the three best teams in the NBA right now are the Warriors, the Celtics, and the Bucks. But if the Cl- if the Clippers somehow become the fully formed Clippers, that they could be they could be a mountain to climb. I, I was I was gonna ask the panel like think, looking at this Warriors team, if the Clippers were fully healthy with their depth that they added with Norman Powell, like are they better than the Warriors right now? I I, I could I wouldn't hate someone for leaning towards yes because that's how lethal they are. Maybe they have, maybe they have the two star lineup that we have almost like uh, comparable to ours. We can argue back and forth which one's better, but their depth is elite, right? The ones I think that be able to more develop. importantly or more like specifically. They have, they have they have Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum just better. but better <laughs> but better no question yeah. and more consistent too. So now, to be fair though, part. to be fair to my adopted team though, the Warriors probably are going to be significantly better next year too. Well, are, are, are you saying technical. are you saying that like Moody and Kaminga can get off the bench, or are you saying that those yes, guys get moved yes, for somebody who yes. can get no, off? No, the no, bench? no, no. Yes. Well, they look. You have that optionality, mm-hmm. but yes. Plus. What has been the Warriors' biggest problem? They don't have, they get, can, they don't, it doesn't always happen. They can get beat up on the glass right. because they don't have, and they don't have room protections. They don't have it, and they have a lack of athleticism. Kaminga and Wiseman theoretically can make them better next year. Now, that is also how much more, how much more diminished are Steph, is Steph going to be as he gets older? Draymond as he gets older? Clay, what is he going to look like? Is he going to another a year off of his two catastrophic injuries? Is he going to look more like Clay as he has started to uh, in these finals? Right. I think the I, I expect the Warriors to be better than they next so, year than they are this year. Is so it going is, to be enough? Who knows? This is this is why. I, so I'm with you, Aaron, on that point about the mountain isn't too hard to climb over, but because when it comes to our two stars, which point we've beaten, you know, to the death. our two stars can match up with anybody right but what scares us and where the nervousness comes from from myself and most fans is like what does that three through nine look like because that is the most scary and most anxiety riddle question of the uh, of the offseason because you know we had at least six seven guys on our roster that were not ready for the national basketball association that we were playing on a nightly basis no no that's not fair they weren't ready for they weren't ready to play at the level we're seeing now but I'm not. I'm not sure they weren't ready to. Be, they're. It's not that they're not NBA players. Aaron, they won 30 games. They won like. 30, yes. Like they won 35 yes. games. Like they. They, yeah. they clearly weren't ready for 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 too much of the NBA. Yeah. Like, I, but again, no. But let's go back to the first point though, or my, the <laughs> earlier point. If LeBron and AD aren't healthy, none of it matters. Yeah, but like LeBron and AD weren't particularly healthy the year prior. Prior and LeBron and AD were more ready for the NBA than the guys that were LeBron, around LeBron and AD last year. Like that's exactly. all that Shub is saying. Exactly. And so, and so from that standpoint, you know, I just I just looked at the team last year and I'm like, 
I, I do not think this guy should play for us. Like there's so many guys that were in the rotation that should not be in a rotation just from my, from my eyesight. And so when I compare that to the 21 team and what we're looking for ne- next season in this off season with the money that we're hard capped with, it's, it's a very anxiety riddle question. And so the, the, they're taking the right steps. Darvin Ham saying the right things about looking at the G league, buying into a, a 45th pick or whatever. Um, a top heavy star perspective now it's just a matter of finding those jordan pools those you know you know those other guys that can set those andrew wiggins to a lesser degree on less money that can make an impact you know not only in the regular season but a postseason run to give lebron and ad that kind of chance that we want them to, to have no you're you're absolutely you're, i agree with that completely and jordan pool was the 28th pick right Von looney was the 30th pick i think uh otto porter who is now starting right, otto porter was signed for the minimum. So I, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying, like, it's going to take some wins in the offseason. I'm just not sure it's going to take, like, home run after home run after home run. Oh, absolutely. The Lakers yeah. front office has to hit some singles and doubles. I agree with you. And no there needs you need to flush out a real roster. I agree with that completely. But, like, these guys that we're mentioning are not guys. It's, these are not – and look, Wiggins is. But outside of Wiggins – these are not like guys that have been just heralded and are unattainable. It just means getting some of those margin decisions right. And and those singles and doubles, all I'm saying is those singles and doubles better be RBIs because we we cannot afford to strike out. Like we cannot. Like it, it's it's crucial. So what would we like was Bazemore like is he multiple strikeouts? Is he like <laughs> just hitting into like, like Double plays, triple plays. Like, is that is that what we're calling? Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, chop wood, carry, walk the home plate. <laughs> yeah. no. He he uh. was literally chopping. Like he he chopped his bat into a million pieces. The wooden bat that he was supposed to be up there is is actually termite riddled. What was that? Uh, was it that Bugs Bunny cartoon where he's yeah. like, he throws his slow pitch and it's like three guys in a row who one two strikeout strikeout strikeout. And, and Laker fans are honestly cruel individuals for riddling, riddling his mentions when he posted that uh, tweet when Darvin on the Darvin Ham announcement like you ain't gonna be back, bro. Like that, that was a funny part. <laughs> but oh, one man. of the things that tipped me. Um, to like, you know, because I, I wanted Russ to do well. But one of the things that tipped me when I was researching this year's free agent pool, it, it's 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 pretty slim. It's it, it's slim pickings, you know, out there. And it's not like what fans think it is. It's not like, you know, just uh, stacked with three and D wing uh, players uh, that free agent pool. And so I'm like, man, this really is the only way to get better. Otherwise, you know, I would want to see that story and see that success. But when you actually look at what the Lakers can do while that contract is on the books, it's pretty limited. And so, um, you know, I mean, even that 23 free agent class, uh, it doesn't look too much better to me. And so, yeah, you, you, you know, I like that they're doing their, their, uh, their due diligence with, uh, you know, the pre-draft workouts and looking at looking for diamonds in the rough and, searching catacombs and I'm with all of that that whole game plan because um you know that that player that they need is probably just not there which brings me to my question like I mean uh, what do you guys think about like you know the uh absorb uh, Detroit absorb absorbing the rest of that contract in exchange for Jeremy Grant or does Portland kind of seem to have the leg up in that race because they got to get him out of there before the deadline Oh, I don't. I don't think the Lakers have a chance at at Jeremy Grant. Like the the, the offers that are going to be out there for Grant are going to be better than the Lakers have to offer. Because like if you look at Russ as a negative 
asset, right? Which he is. Um, you have to move an asset to get off of Russ, and then you have to move another asset to bring in playable players. And and I think that's what the Lakers are kind of fighting with themselves over. Aaron, you can confirm this if you want, but like the issue, the issue for the Lakers is that teams see Russ as a detriment to what they're trying to do anyway. And then on top of that, you're trying to ask for players who can help you win. And that costs an extra asset here or there. So yeah, so, um, first that round picks definitely going back in that. Okay. Sure. So uh, let me be careful here. Um, so I, so the question is, look, I, I think it, I, I agree with you. Russ is a negative asset. The question for the Lakers and the question for, anybody, any theoretical trade partner is how much of a negative asset he is. What is he worth on the open market? When you, if for his production in whatever system, what is that worth? And these days it seems to basically if, if a negative, if an, it, it takes a first round pick, it used to be like 10 to 15 million in negative money was what it would co- you would take a first round pick to get off of that. Now yeah. it's more like 20 to 25 million. Um, so it depends how negatively he, his contract is viewed now in the it Lakers. Helps that favor, the Lakers are, it's yeah, only this year getting back negative money too, though. So that, that yeah, then that, that also, that is also, although Jeremy Grant, not necessarily. Yeah. But, he's not negative money. He's, and, he's and really some of good. <laughs> he's good. Um, I think he. I think he's better than than people think. He because he's been in Detroit. Like he was an important part for Denver. He played really well against the Lakers in that series. It, uh, and it, then he went to Detroit, and it's like, oh yeah, that's right. This is Detroit. So the question, as it relates Everybody to what it Detroit. what it would take, what it would take to get anybody, what you would have to send. Part of that is the calculation of whoever is taking Russ in. How negative is he a negative value contract? Of course, but how negative is the calculation that needs to be made? Yeah. All right. And, and, I got to go. One last thing. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I just wanted to mention too. I mean, we're focusing on the Gordon Haywards and the Terry Roziers of the world. Like mm-hmm. Malcolm Brogdon and Miles Turner. I mean, maybe not equally as available, but just as amount of speculation there too. I mean, you know, just putting that out there too. Uh, I don't. I don't think Turner. I, I. I think kind of fits into that Grant area where Turner isn't negative money. Brogdon is closer to negative money. Healed is definitely negative money. So, right. If you're sending out well, negative also, money, Pink is, right, we were talking about the Pinkus article. If yeah. whatever's to be believed, maybe this is just posturing from the Pacers. But in that same article, he said that um, that Turner was was going to be back. Yeah. Well, once they move Sabonis. You know, because I I believe at one point Turner wanted to be gone, wanted to be a Laker, and then and then I will didn't... not confirm or yeah. deny, I think... and no one can see if I am shaking my head yes. On this, but... <laughs> so, I, I but think once Sabonis was gone, today, he has he had the starting spot in the center's rotation, so I don't I don't see him wanting to go anywhere. I think Jake Fisher mentioned today that they're looking to move on from Turner and Brogdon. That's what came out today. So yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I mean, you never know with with what organizations are going to do. I, I just think for like Turner. So when we're talking about Rozier, we're talking about Hayward, and we're talking about Brogdon and Heald. You're talking about kind of similarly tiered players who have money that uh, you know a team might not want to pay for so long as they remain at that spot. But I think Turner is 
is closer to Grant than he is to the other guys that we're talking about here. And if you're going to get a Turner, then it's definitely going to cost you both of the first round picks that the Lakers, you know, clearly don't want to move, you know? So I, and then it just becomes whether or not you guys are comfortable moving to first for Turner when you already have AD and you have, uh, you have Darvin Ham saying that the Lakers want to play four out one in next year. So it, you know, it, the math, not all of those things I think necessarily add up, especially if AD shoots 18% from three point range and apparently doesn't like shooting in the off season. Um, all right. I do have to go. Avery just woke up. Thank you guys a ton for hopping on here and, and, and chiming in. So Shub and guru, thank you for hopping on Aaron. Thank you as always for doing this. Thanks to everybody who, who was listening to this one for whatever reason, this one popped off a little bit more than I anticipated. Um, we're going to keep doing these every Tuesday, especially as the off season ramps up. We have at least one more pressure cooker, um, between now and the end of the season. And who the uh, no, wait, who, wait, who has one more pressure cooker? The, the, hey, it's your adopted Warriors team, Aaron. You have to, you have to hop on and talk about your adopted Warriors team. Um, <laughs> so here's the thing. <laughs> I'm barbecuing at the house. And by the way, if, uh-huh. it, literally, if anybody in here lives in L.A. and want to come watch the game, I'm barbecuing Thursday for the game. Do you have any idea how intoxicated I will be? Uh, you're talking to me on the pressure cooker, and I have a big gulp of, of wine whenever I do the pressure, pressure cooker. So, yeah. Um, so you guys can tune into those again. If you missed any of this, it's going to be on the silver screen roll podcast network feed here in a bit. And until all of that, and until I talk to you guys next, I'm Anthony Irwin. This has been the Anthony Irwin show live. We'll talk to you guys next week. <laughs>